far-reaching implications of the four guilty pleas in the Georgia election interference case. This video is part three of three. Several Georgia election interference case defendants have now pled guilty. These guilty pleas obviously have quite an impact on the defendants themselves, but the impact is even much farther reaching than that. So today we uncover what these guilty pleas mean for the remaining defendants in this case, what they mean for President Trump and his Washington indictment case, what they mean for the Michigan alternate elector defendants, what they mean for the nationwide 2020 election results debate, and what they mean for we the people fighting for freedom across the country on all other liberty issues. I'm constitutional attorney Katherine Henry. For more than 20 years, I've been fighting for the underdog. But since COVID began, I've devoted all my time and efforts to fighting against government tyranny and educating and empowering the public. So welcome to our next episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. This is not a video debating whether there was election fraud on November 3rd, 2020. If you want to see a video where I'm debating the facts of that issue, then go ahead and check out the video that I've given you a link in the description of today's video, where I fully debated that issue on Fox 2 Detroit against a lead Democrat attorney in Michigan on November 8th, 2020. So we're going to start with a quick review of who pled to what. First, bail bondsman Scott Hall pled guilty to five misdemeanor charges of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with the performance of election duties in the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. Second, attorney Sidney Powell pled guilty to six misdemeanor charges of conspiracy to commit intentional interference with election duties. Third, attorney Kenneth Cheesebro pled guilty to a felony of conspiracy to commit filing false documents. And fourth was attorney Jenna Willis, who pled guilty to the felony of aiding and abetting false statements and writings. So what does this mean for the remaining 15 defendants? Well, the 98-page indictment brought by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis on August 14th charges 19 defendants with violating the state's RICO Act, along with several other counts. And there are vast impacts on the rest of these defendants. First of all, there's a direct impact in that each is required to testify truthfully against all other co-defendants. There are some attorneys representing these defendants who are concerned that people like Sidney Powell might now feel compelled to actually lie in order to satisfy the district attorney in her request for testimony against co-defendants. These guilty pleas will also affect these other defendants in an indirect way by the use of these apology letters to the citizens of Georgia. Think about it. Depending on what these defendants are writing in their apology letters to the citizens of Georgia, well, those could be very well uh, implicating the guilt of some of these other co-defendants or just otherwise making their defenses more challenging. Third, there are allegations that are admitted during the allocution hearings that are now going to be deemed facts, which can be used against the co-defendants. For example, Judge McAfee asked Sidney Powell, are you pleading guilty because you agree there is a sufficient factual basis that there are enough facts to support this plea of guilty? Attorney Sidney Powell then answered, I do. Also, the judge said to attorney Jenna Ellis, are you pleading guilty today because you agree that there is a factual basis as outlined by the state to support this guilty plea? To which Jenna Ellis answered, I do. The challenges presented to the remaining 15 defendants not only include issues over these other four defendants essentially admitting to who did which actions, but also as to what remains fact. So for example, through the course of these admissions, they are now claiming that it is a lie 
that as many as 2,506 felons with an uncompleted sentence voted illegally. At least 66,247 underage people voted illegally. At least 2,423 individuals voted illegally who were not listed in the state's record as having been registered to vote. At least 1,043 individuals voted illegally who had been illegally registered to vote by using a post office box as their habitation. As many as 10,315 or more dead people voted. And that deliberate misinformation was used to instruct Republican poll watchers and members of the press to leave the premises for the night at approximately 10 p.m. on November 3rd, 2020 at State Farm Arena in Fulton County, Georgia. Now, all of those facts are now going to be deemed supposedly as lies because that's what the factual basis was for providing that there were false statements being made, and that's essentially what each of these four defendants has agreed to. Yep, all of that was just pure lie. We knew it from the beginning, and we went ahead anyway. This also makes it hard to avoid the conspiracy charges since at least four alleged co-conspirators are admitting guilt and the remaining 15 generally admit to working alongside the others with a common goal. Although, of course, the remaining 15 argue that the goal was to secure the integrity of the 2020 election. So let's look at the specifics that each of these defendants admitted to. Among other things, Sidney Powell admitted to criminal acts with the objectives of willfully tampering with the electronic ballot markers and tabulating machines, trying to remove voter data and Dominion Voting Systems Corporation data from a computer, and that this was all done in an attempt to interfere with, hinder, and delay Misty Hampton in the performance of her election duties. Attorney Kenneth Cheesebro had been widely publicized as the attorney who proposed the use of alternate slates of electors in several states and the delay of the certification of votes in Congress in order to bring the issue to court and clarify election law. And that sounds great. That sounds like a viable defense to me and it sounds like an appropriate way to try to get to the truth of the matter. But in the meantime, he's one of them that pled guilty. As part of that, he admitted to conspiring with other individuals to falsely hold themselves out as the duly elected presidential electors from Georgia and provided them with the paperwork to fill out to act as the alternate electors. But next, you need to hear the words directly out of the mouth of attorney Jenna Ellis in her allocution hearing just recently. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people of Georgia. Thank you. Also, let's take a look at the questions that were asked of Attorney Jenna Ellis at her hearing. Has anyone forced, threatened, promised or coerced you in any way to enter into this guilty plea? 
No, ma'am, she answered. Is it your decision to waive these rights and enter a guilty plea because you are, in fact, guilty? It is, she responded. And are you pleading guilty today because you agree that there is a factual basis as outlined by the state to support this guilty plea? She answered, I do. Now, what do these guilty pleas mean for President Trump in his Washington indictment case? Now that there's a similar case against President Trump brought by Special Counsel Jack Smith, which alleges a criminal conspiracy for contesting the 2020 election results, we need to stop and realize that the factual basis for those charges is essentially the exact same as the basis for these Georgia charges. So whatever happens in Georgia will have a direct impact on what happens to Trump in his Washington charges. So you have the same underlying facts alleged and the same main co-conspirators alleged, like attorney Sidney Powell. So what do these guilty pleas mean for the Michigan alternate elector defendants? Let's look at Jenna Ellis's plea hearing for starters. The prosecutor said, the false statements were used as part of a plan by the Trump campaign to solicit the Georgia General Assembly to disregard the certified results of the presidential election in this state and instead to unlawfully appoint non-elected presidential electors in violation of their oath to the Georgia Constitution and to the United States Constitution. Similarly, false statements and solicitations were made to the state legislators in Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and the defendant was present and assisted with the execution of those meetings, and she was in attendance with Giuliani in Arizona and Michigan and Pennsylvania. At another point in the hearing, Jenna Ellis then stated, I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involves speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frantic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. So what do you think that means for the rest of the people in states like in Michigan, where the alternate electors are now being charged with a crime? She's throwing them under the damn bus. That's what that means. Also, in looking at attorney Kenneth Cheesebro's guilty plea, he essentially was saying he conspired with other individuals to falsely hold themselves out as duly elected presidential electors from Georgia and provided them the paperwork to fill out to act as the alternate electors. And it was, in fact, his scheme or his idea to do this not only in Georgia, but in other states such as Michigan. So again, he's throwing those alternate electors in Michigan under the bus. And then there was attorney Sidney Powell, who admitted to illegally tampering with Dominion Voting Systems computer equipment in the 2020 presidential election, which means that if she did it in Georgia, she might have also done that in Michigan, especially where there were other attorneys challenging the Dominion Voting Systems equipment being used in Michigan and how votes were being switched from Trump over to Biden, etc. In fact, Sidney Powell herself was one of the main attorneys fighting some of these very issues in the state of Michigan, and it's going to undermine everything that those Michigan alternate elector defendants are trying to fight against. So what do these guilty pleas mean for the nationwide 2020 election result debate? What do you think? The guilty pleas of these four individuals, three of whom are attorneys, essentially say all the election fraud they alleged in 2020 didn't really happen. And instead, they were just part of this big Republican plot to illegally keep President Trump in office. And in order to do that, they did things like tampered with ballot machines and Dominion computers. This discredits the thousands of poll watchers, 
election workers and voters who courageously came forward and signed sworn statements about all the election fraud that they personally witnessed. And it adds fuel to the Democrat fire that Biden legitimately won the election. And it ensures that no one will ever have the courage to stand up and report, let alone fight against election fraud. So what do these guilty pleas mean for we the people fighting for freedom all across the country on all other kinds of liberty issues? Well, let's think about this. You have these clowns out there being the ones that are getting all the national spotlight and media attention, while other real freedom-fighting attorneys, like myself, are nowhere close to getting press coverage. So what does it matter? What are kind of situations, what, what are the comparisons here that I, I want you to look at? I was charged with a crime because of my role as an attorney responding to an incident on Election Day 2020. Attorneys Powell, Ellis, and Cheesebro were charged because of their roles as attorneys involved with Election Day 2020 matters. That's where the similarities end, though. I fought for almost two years to get a dismissal. These whiny babies fought for two months to get their dismissal, and when it didn't work, well, they gave up. I raised only $2,700 for my whole legal defense and obviously had to spend far more than that just on the court filing fees and other appeal fees. They've raised millions of dollars. In fact, Sydney Powell alone has raised over $14 million for her work in this matter and has only spent $8 million of it, leaving $6 million left over to help her fight these legal battles. I ended up having to represent myself. They all had other attorneys, some of them multiple attorneys, doing all the work. I was violently arrested in front of my daughter. These guys were able to peacefully turn themselves in. I had the cops illegally threaten to take my daughter to CPS and put her in the system. They had no threats towards their children. I had the cops illegally threaten to tow my car from the scene. They had no threats about any of their property. I left the scene with bruises, bumps, bleeding, cuts, and contusions, some lasting for over a year. They had no physical injuries. I was denied hearings on motions for the first two months of my case. Then the court stalled again on later motion hearings, like in April of 2021 and May and June of 2022. They were given multiple hearings on motions within the first two months. Through the vast majority of my case, I was denied having the public present or anyone present in the courtroom with me for any of my hearings. For them, the public was granted typical access. I was denied having any media coverage at all. For them, the media was given typical access. So the end result, my case was finally dismissed because I fought like hell and had the courage to keep doing so when the whole thing was stacked against me. These pansies, well, they pled guilty and threw everybody else under the bus in doing so. What kind of message do you think that's going to send when it's these losers who are the ones getting all the national press coverage and everybody's seeing what it is that they're pleading to and how they're throwing everybody else under the bus? Well, this matters because there's real freedom fighters out there who are starting to feel like they're all alone. And they're being shown that even attorneys who promise to release the Kraken will fold at a moment's notice when it's just no longer convenient for them to keep fighting the good fight. So shame on you, Attorney Sidney Powell. Shame on you, Jenna Ellis. Shame on you, Kenneth Cheesebro. How dare any of you call yourselves attorneys? How dare any of you claim that you have taken an oath to uphold the U.S. Constitution? If you actually committed illegal acts in fighting this 2020 election fraud, then how dare you for that? But if you didn't commit the illegal acts, then how dare you 
for lacking the courage to keep fighting the fight and saying, no, I didn't, and I'm not going to plead guilty to something I didn't do. It's not just you that this affects. It's people all across this country. Want to interact on this important topic? Comment on this video or call in the second Tuesday of the month at noon Eastern Standard Time to participate in our live constitutional discussion. Make sure to like, follow, subscribe, and share. And remember, together we can restore freedom.